Hello and welcome again to Oscar Mike Radio. I'm Travis, the host. Oscar Mike Radio is part of the Hoobazoo Network. You can find out more on hoobazoo.com. So January, because this show is dropping in January, is off to a fast start. And I, I love getting to talk to veterans who have started their own business or outreach or nonprofit. And today is no exception. I am pleased to introduce Lieutenant Colonel Otis McGregor with Tribe and Purpose. Sir, welcome to Oscar Mike Radio. Hey, thanks for having me, Travis. Uh, looking forward to chatting with you. Absolutely, sir. Absolutely. Uh, great to get connected. And, you know, like I ask everybody who goes through their story in the military, because all our stories are different. I was just wanting to see if you start off by kind of summarizing your career in, in the military. What did you do? Yeah, well, uh, I got the calling in high school. Uh, actually, I just because I always think it's kind of funny. My dad was a uh, aerospace engineer at uh, building the F-16 back back in the day. Really? Yeah, yeah. So I grew up in the shadow of Carswell Air Force Base, uh, you know, Cold War, B-52s going to uh, destroy the evil Soviet Empire. Every morning I'd see those things fly out, and fortunately every afternoon they'd come back. Uh, <laughs> but I asked my dad one, one evening in my freshman year in high school, I said, hey, Dad, I want to fly fighters. And uh, at the time, I was wearing big old Coke bottle uh, glasses. And uh, yeah, dad, dad said, you don't want to do that because you can't see. And if you can't fly airplanes in the Air Force, you ain't nothing. Uh, so then I said, well, I, I regrouped and uh, decided I'd join the Army, not really knowing what I was saying at that point. But uh, it led me to Texas A&M, where I was in the Corps of Cadets. While I was there, I decided it'd be uh, – a great experience to to know what it was like to be an enlisted soldier before I became an officer. So I enlisted in the uh, Texas Army National Guard, the Lone Star Division. I was a tanker for about a year and a half or so. Uh, my tank, my tank, the uh, data plate on it was five years older than me. Uh, yeah, people people nowadays think about the M1, and now uh, this was the M60, and not the M60A3, the M60. Right, right after the Sherman, right? Yeah, yeah, basically. Wow. Yeah. I think I think it was called the M60 because it came out in 1960. Uh, yeah, uh, so I did that for a few years. Then uh, a couple of buddies of mine were in this uh, cavalry scout unit that was like a blend between Lursu and being. It was just it was it was a weird company. We had pilots, mechanics, and then a platoon of us scouts. Uh, so we were the lawsuit for the division, did that for a while and uh, got commissioned as an engineer and went to Alaska uh, and spent four years, took my, took my Texas bride with me to Alaska. She did not know what she was getting into both uh, army wise and Alaska wise. Uh, spent four years there while there I, I volunteered for special ops, special forces. Uh, spent the rest of my career as a green beret and, uh, man, just, uh, every time I think about it, the, the quality of people that were in our army, our military that I got to work with the high levels, uh, and, and then our partner nations too, because, you know, part of my job was working with foreign nations. So it was a, it was a great experience. So you've had this varied career and, and this is the cool thing where everybody's experience is different. It's, it's not like, Hey, I went to college 
and, you know, went to, you know, officer candidate school or the basic school, you, you kind of, you know, put it around a little bit until you found what you did in the army, but every career begins and every career ends. And as you transition to civilian life, what was that like? <laughs> that's where, that's where I lost it. Uh, I quite, quite truthfully, you know, when I enlisted in the army, when I first went into the army, uh, I had a goal of uh, making Lieutenant Colonel in five years. And when I got out or five years, five years, goodness. Yeah. That would, that's a heck of a goal. And uh, <laughs> 20 years. Yeah. Just to, just a couple extra years, okay. uh, 20 years. Uh, and I did retired because it was time to retire. That season in life was over, but I had no plan. And my only plan was I needed a job and that put me on this path. What I like to refer to is uh, about seven years of wandering the job desert where somebody sent me an offer letter. I said, sure, you must know better than me. Never really thought about it. Looked at the bottom line. How much you paying me? And that was all I cared about. Huge, huge mistake. So for those seven years, I bounced between five different companies, big and small, uh, Last job, last company I worked for, I should say, small business, good friend of mine, a Marine, uh, still, still a great company. I was his chief strategy officer. And if you know what strategy is, then you ought to call me up because really nobody knows what strategy is. So as the chief strategy officer in the business world, because, you know, strategy in the military, nobody knows what that is, right? Because I did that <laughs> stuff too. You put business on it and, no, and there's even fewer people that know what that is. And you know what that meant? That meant I had carte blanche to do what I wanted to do whenever, wherever, and with whomever I wanted. Should have been really happy. It sounds like a great job, right? I was miserable. I was frustrated. I was miserable. Nothing to do with the team. Uh, the, the owner, I'll, I'll give a shout out to him, Rob Aiken, uh, like I said, Marine and uh, company. What, what's, his, what's his business? Uh, crisis response company, great business, great team, love them, love them to death, still do everything I can to help them just like now. Uh, but it wasn't the right fit for me. I was, you know, it's you, it's not me, right? You know, the old thing you tell your girlfriend. Uh, and, and one summer afternoon, it's been four and a half, five years ago, uh, sitting here in my home office, feeling sorry for myself, wondering who I should be, what I should do, really just quite frankly, feeling sorry for myself. And I started to reflect back on the last seven years. And I realized seven years post-Army, I'd only had two things consistent in my life, my family and coaching rugby. Shortly after I retired, I started coaching boys high school rugby. Oh, nice. And uh, loved it. And what I didn't know, the irony of it is, during those seven years, I used to tell parents and other folks, the only reason I'm working so that I can coach. I tell them that never really paying attention, you know, almost seeing it tongue in cheek, but not realizing the truth to it down deep inside. So that afternoon, as I started to reflect on that, well, why, why rugby? What was it? What was it about coaching those boys? And I realized the game of rugby, awesome game, love the game strategy, teamwork, the boys, my wife and I had 35 extra sons in and out of the house. I mean, you can imagine 35 extra teenagers just, just, it was like, they, the it felt like bill. they had a key to the front door sometimes. The food bill alone. Oh, say. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, and the, and the weight bill on my part, because uh, Miss Suzanne cooked chocolate chip cooks, insisted. If boys just showed up impromptu and there weren't a pile of cut chocolate chip cookies, she would stop everything she's doing and start cooking. So, my weakness, chocolate chip cookies. 
but what I realized was the third piece was the act of coaching, challenging those young men to do better than they thought they could, holding them accountable to do what they said they would do, teaching them how to be better at who they were, not just in rugby, but in, in life. So I, I uh, talked to a few of my friends about that, that feeling I had. And a couple of them said, well, what about this business coaching thing, Otis? And I said, business, what? How does, you know, that doesn't, never heard of that, those two words together. So I explored that, uh, talked to a few people. I like to say I, I bought a, started buying cups of coffee for successful business, uh, business coaches, learned about how to do it, got my start and uh, took off and been doing it since then. Love it. Awesome. Awesome. And it's really, you know, great to hear. Sometimes some of my fellow veterans feel that, you know, officers never have these challenges that enlisted do. And I'm like, well, no, it's, it's the same thing, just different. You know, it's a, everybody goes to the same thing. So thank you for sharing that. So you get into coaching from coaching rugby. Rugby's a cool game. You know, how did this lead to tribe plus purpose being started? Yeah, so uh, the other thing I did while I was wandering the job desert, just to show you how lost I was, I had a consulting company too. So in between, every time I, I'd start with a business, I, I would, in my mind, I'm going to be with this business for the next 10 years, 20 years, you know, what until I retire, retire. And about 90 days into it, I'd be like, something ain't right and, you know, leave eventually and within a year or so. So I always had these gaps. So during those gaps, I did the same thing as my own business as a consultant. And that business was called LTO Enterprises. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to make up a name for a business because you need a name. You know, somebody's yeah. like, hey, why don't you do this? So I was chatting with my wife one night uh, trying to figure that out. And she said, well, what about what about that Facebook thing the kids did? And this was... Like in uh, 10, I think the kids had made a Facebook page in 05 called Listen to Otis. So I said, why not? Because I can take LTO and make it sound really businesslike, LTO Enterprises. And nobody has to know that LTO stands for Listen to Otis because it also stands for Leadership Training and Operations. So then we started that. And when I shifted to coaching, I was using the same name until a good friend of mine uh, smacked me upside the head and said, that's the dumbest name. It does nothing for you. It, it, nobody knows what it is. We got to work on that. And over the course of about three, three months, probably three months of probably 10, 10 or more, because he, he lives out, uh, well, he's in Japan now, but uh, we would do phone calls and they'd be an hour and a half, two hour long phone calls talking about various aspects. And then one day it was like, boom, it popped tribe and purpose because I've been part of that veteran tribe. We used to talk about in Afghanistan, we talked about the tribes in Afghanistan, not just the Afghan people, but the special ops community in, in Afghanistan. And then what is it you're doing? Where are you going? Who do you want to be? Understanding what your purpose in life is. And that's why, that's where we came up with it, tribe and purpose. Now, you started this. As you got into this, did it feel like you were, were serving your clients and your, your people again? Because, you know, all kidding aside about officers, a, a lot of times the officer is more or less 
to to put in the vernacular, the coach of the of the squad, the platoon, the team, the company, right? And he's not in the in the details, but he's directing, you know, the different parts going on. Did you make that connection or some kind of connection when you started doing this again? Yeah, yeah. Actually, going back to when I decided to, to become a, a coach professionally, uh, I made two more commitments in my life at that point. Number one was learn about Colorado Springs, uh, you know, because I'd been here at that point probably 15 years in various times. And I knew where my favorite bar was and my favorite restaurant was. I didn't know anything else about the town. It's pretty sad when you think about how long I'd lived here. So I made a commitment to get into the community, learn about the community, make net, build my network here in the community. Number two was I made a commitment to give back to the tribe that I got everything from, the veteran community. Yeah. So one of the things that I do, that we do at Tribe and Purpose, is we give back to vet, the veteran community through coaching and mentoring. Uh, we volunteer with the with uh the Commit Foundation as a transition coach and the Honor Foundation as a transition coach and mentor. Uh, also a mentor for Bunker Labs and oh, okay. Patriot Bootcamp. So I love doing that. Love helping vets because, you know, after seven years of wandering the job desert, I'm hugely passionate about making sure that other veterans, soon to be veterans, fellows, we call them, that those fellows don't get stuck in that that they have a plan, they have intention, and they move forward with what they want to do and now just go through the rest of their life in reaction mode. So. Awesome. Awesome. So looking at your LinkedIn page, I'll have the link to that in the show post and other things, you know, you have impacted a lot of companies, you know, a lot of clients. And I'm curious in this line of work and business, a company has to sit there and understand that they have a problem right before they reach out to you and i'm kind of curious how how, do you, how does that happen with your clients where they're like you know what what we're doing's not working we need help how's that process work well uh that that is a you know that's the million dollar question because i've done it you know i'll figure this out because what what the what the marines teach you go do that marine yeah Figure adapt, it out. Marine. Adapt and overcome, right? Yeah. Don't ask questions. Just go figure it out, right? I mean, that's what, you know, same thing. If you ask questions, you ask for help, you're weak. Well, that's not true. I'm here to tell you that ain't true. And what what's going on, what happens with business leaders in that sense is they realize something's not wrong. Sometimes you just get this gut feeling. Sometimes you look at the bottom line. And you look at the bottom line and you say, oh, crap, why have we flatlined for the last six months? Why have we dipped? Why, why are my top people, the last, my last two vice presidents or my last two senior managers left? Why is that? What happened? So they, if you start to ask yourself that question, you start to wonder what in the world's going on. And you can't figure it out because some, what happens to most of us, we get so close to the problem set, we can never see the solution. You know, I like to like to refer to it. And, and as a Marine, you'll appreciate this. I'm banging my head against the wall to get through the wall. Right. I'm banging, banging, banging. And somebody walks up and taps you on the shoulder and says, hey, brother, there's a door right there to your right six feet. Right. I mean, sometimes it's that simple. That's an oversimplification of it. I mean, there's a lot more that goes into it. But quite frankly, when you are in the problem down in the weeds, 
you can't see everything else. You see, you know, to stay in that same sort of analogy, you see the five meter target that's coming at you and you're in reaction mode to the five meter target. Maybe if you're good enough, you knock down the five meter target enough times that you might get to the 10 meter. But what about the 300 meter target? What about the thing that's happening in six months, let alone tomorrow? So if you're not thinking about those things as a business leader, what are we setting up today that will get us where we want to be, the vision I have six months from today? Because business owners, business leaders, they say, I'm too busy, too busy to put together a vision. We've got a lot going on, all these moving pieces. I can't take time to do that. Guess what? That is, you are setting yourself on that path to be one of those businesses that you flatline, you dip, you start losing your key personnel because, man, they, they are not seeing the vision and they are in reaction mode. And people don't like to live in reaction mode. It feels good, a little bit of adrenaline rush, right? Like you and I were talking about before. You got you to take care of something really quick. You go, bam, bam, bam. You get an adrenaline rush. But if you live that way, man, you're in reaction mode. It's the way I lived after I retired from the Army those first seven years. It's like I show up, wake up in the morning, get to the office, whatever, look at my email, and that's when I start figuring out what I'm doing. Not a, not a good way to ever, ever have what you want to have. So a company reaches out to you, mm -hmm. you, you interact with them. What are some of the first things you do to assess the company's strengths and weaknesses to help them? Yeah, well, first thing we do, I always start with the leader first because the leader sets the example. So the leader's guys, I always give the leader uh, what's, what's called an energetic leadership index assessment. And the reason I do that, and I don't want to go into the whole aspects of it, but Basically, it tells you where you are today. You got to know where you're at on the map in order to make a plan to get to where you want to go. So it gives you that point to start from. The second thing I do is what's your plan? What's your vision? What do you, what do you have set up for yourself? What do you have set up for your, 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 your business vision? There we go. I had to slow down back to my Texas draw, start talking too fast. I'll lose it. Uh, you know, it, it is it is that aspect. And then what's the values? What's your organizational values? Because your organizational values, just like your personal values, are the things, the thing that we go to inherently to make decisions. So every time you make a decision in life, whatever, whether it's where you're going for dinner what you're having for dinner, whether or not to pick up the phone is based on a, a set of rules, values that are internal to you. Same thing in your business. If everybody's bought into the team, they got to be bought into those values, those rules, and they got to understand it. And that allows them to have some autonomy in the decision-making and support and drive forward. And I'll just get throw one more thing out there in that. And the reason why is because we want to feel like we're value-added like we're a contribution to the organization, we're a contribution to society. As part of Maslow's hierarchy of needs is right. having a feeling of significance, Yep. right? And that's how you do it. It's the same thing as, as the leader, you tell guys, even though it's their job, because you remember that, it's your job, Marine, just do it. But you know what? When Gunny comes over and pats you on the back and says, hey, good job, Marine. Think about how good that felt. You got to do the same thing in the business world. Good job. 
Well, I was just doing my job. Yeah, but you did it right, and I'm proud of you. Thank you. So you have this, this assessment period, and then you have to talk to this about implementing things that, that, are, that are change things. What happens during that time where you, you give them the report of things they need to improve on or change, and then they start trying to do that? Because change is difficult, even in the military, you know, even just switching up uniforms is a big deal. It's a lot of controversy there. So how do you get people to accept the need to change? First thing is they got to admit it, right? And then, and then the other thing is it's not my plan. It's their plan. Okay. You know, have, have you ever executed? Yeah. You know, had a mentor that says, comes to you and says, all right, Travis, you got to do X, Y, Z in order to, order to have this. And you're like, cool. And you start and it's like, man, it's just, okay. Yeah. He, he did it. He did it that way. So it must work. And you just keep drawing. Oh. But until you take that plan, that mentor's plan or somebody else's plan and make it your own, convert it to your language, your thoughts, your goals, your vision. It's, it's forced. It's the, you know, it's the square peg in the round hole. Yeah. I, if I hit hard enough, I will make that fit, but man, it ain't a lot of fun getting there. But you're, you're trying to get people there. You're trying to lead them along. You're trying to, you know, understand their business. So what happens? How is it like for you when the light bulbs start going on and like, okay, I understand what's going on here. I'm starting to implement these changes and it's starting to work. What do you see in that client when that starts happening? What, what I see is they, they have uh, a feeling of clarity. They know what to do. So real quick, you know, I mentioned vision. So if you think about it this way, and I'll start from kind of big picture all the way down. Your purpose, the way I like to describe your purpose, purpose is to be fulfilled. It's not to be achieved. So you think of purpose as your guiding principle, the big, big umbrella of we're going to do this and accomplish this. Then underneath that is your vision. And your vision, I like to challenge people to do a five-year vision because five, five years is that it's an ideal time, I believe. It's an ideal time because it's far enough out that we can do a whole heck of a lot this afternoon to get there, but it's not so far out that it's like, that's, that's so unrealistic, you know, flying cars and rocket ships to, to Mars and, you know, teleporting and all that stuff, right? No, it's real. Five years is not that far. Your car is, you're going to buy a new car in five years. What are you going to do between now and then? Right, very, right. you know, it's, it's very methodical. So you have that five-year vision. And then in order to achieve that five-year vision, because you fulfill purpose, you achieve vision, you break that into goals. So what are our goals? What are our big chunks of that vision? And then we take those goals, and I like to think of goals as those things that, you know, maybe take a year, six months, big, big moving efforts that take time to develop. Then we take those goals and we break them into objectives. And the way I define objectives is those things you can accomplish, you know, in a matter of a week or two or a couple of months, kind of in that sort of timeline to fit up. So objectives come together to help you achieve goals. Goals come together to help you achieve the vision. And then the last thing, 
underneath objectives is tasks. What is that thing, like I just said, what is that thing you're going to do this afternoon that's going to move you closer to achieving that goal? And you start thinking about that. When you have, when you develop that plan, then you know what to do and you live with intention. It's a heck of a lot more satisfying in life because you're not just showing up and what's next? What's next? Do things happen? Do, do uh, accidents happen? Do, do things that we don't plan for happen? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But the great thing about it is if you have a plan and you drift off that plan or, you know, even if you, you put it in this nice notebook and you put it up on the shelf and you leave it there and, you, and you're running around, you know, hair lighting ceremonies and all that sort of stuff, you can always go back to that plan because you've got a known point to go back to, revisit, reuse, and go forward with that. So you're doing this and you're working with the client, but you know, the, one of the interesting things about tribe, is it tribe and purpose or tribe plus purpose? Tribe and purpose. Oh, tribe and purpose. Okay. Um, just making sure is, is you're not doing this alone. You're actually working with your son on this. And I found that very interesting. Um, I'm not sure any of my sons want to work for with me, but you know, it, it can work, right? How's that been like bringing him into this and what perspective does he bring to getting businesses to the point you just described? It, it, well, bottom line, it's been great. And, and truthfully, the way it started goes back to rugby. Oh, so my okay. son, my son, uh, he's, the, he's our youngest. He's the one who got me coaching rugby. Not because he asked, but because he wanted to play rugby. I found him a club. And then we did the, the typical, you know, uh, white picket fist and fence American family thing. His mom would pick him up from school, drop him off at practice. I'd leave work, pick him up from practice, take him home. I started leaving work a little bit earlier, about halfway through his first season. Because I kind of, I was interested. I'd never played rugby, uh, but I found it fascinating. And I started hanging out, and the coach the coach comes over one day and says, who are you? And, and if, if I was good at, uh, at, at impersonating people, I would do a really good Kiwi accent right there, but I'm not, so I won't even try says, who are you? I tell them. He said, well, who's your son? Point him out, blah, blah, you know, that sort of thing. Next thing I know, we're, we're, we're good friends. He says, I want you to help out with the team. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I better figure out what this game's about. So I started helping out with the team. Uh, the next year, unfortunately, we lost our, our assistant coach uh, to cancer. Uh, I stepped in as the assistant coach. And then the following year, the former head coach, his son had a, he was playing professionally and rugby professionally in New Zealand, had a career ending injury, came back and they had to focus on their business. So he stepped away as the head coach and I became the head coach for the next five years of the team. And in that time, coaching my son, when he went off to college to University of Arizona and started playing rugby there, uh, he also would come home in the summertime and help me out with the state team, the all the all state team, the state all star team. So we started coaching there. Then he graduated college. He started coaching at the University of Arizona. He started coaching his little te little kid team or club called Engage, which great program focused on uh, underprivileged youth in the Tucson area. So check them out and help them out. Engage rugby, uh, and then 
he had a couple of businesses that he was starting and we started talking. We started our podcast, the Kim and Otis show. And next thing that his businesses were kind of struggling and it was like, you know, why don't you help me out with my business a little bit, kind of learn, you know, learn a little bit, get, take some of the stuff off of me that, you know, I don't want to do Facebook posts and things like that. And as that, as that went on, it started to grow. It was in business, my business tried and purpose started to grow. I was like, come on and be part of, part of the team, be a coach, help run, run the tribes with me, uh, helps us out. I got, got another team member, Norman, Norman, uh, does he, he does all of our man all the backside stuff i uh it's just amazing how much that's you know the unseen and i know you if you're still doing it all yourself you know how important it is but that unseen what's going on behind the scenes kind of the the duck's feet under the water and how right, it's right. crazy yeah uh but so between norman and camden it has just been an amazing uh you know way to move forward and and really the thing going back to the second part of your question is what what advantage does that give us think about the perspective you know i'm no spring chicken i've been around the block a couple of times kind of setting my ways and my perspective on how to do things he's about 30 years younger than me he's got a lot different perspective you know not just not just the you know the the satirical joke of, you know, he hasn't been beaten by the world and, you know, still has the optimism that, you know, us old guys are all cynical and all. No, not just that, but just a whole different way of, of seeing things. And so, and, and he appeals to his demographics, his peer group. And it's been great for our business to, uh, to help out that younger, younger crowd. I mean, I think about this quite often, how much, you know, don't want to change my life at all. Love, love everything I've done, whether I've wanted it to happen or not, got me here to where I am today. But man, could you imagine what life would be like if at 21, 25 years old, you understood what your purpose was and you started living with intention and doing those things that you envisioned to do and had those goals. And I'm, there's a lot of people out there that do that, but there's a whole lot more that they're just, what's the job? What time do I got to be there? What do I got to do? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I find it very interesting, this dynamic of, you know, father, son teamwork and the relationship you have. And, you know, I really do understand that it's, it's, you got to embrace that younger mindset, even though it's like, wait a minute, I, I changed your diapers 20 years ago and you're telling me how to do this. I mean, what can, what I'm listening to you, but I think it's, it's very neat and how you all have, have come together because folks, if you look on the LinkedIn page, I'll have all the links in the show post. You can see that it's not just a, a top-down relationship. Um, you know, Lieutenant Colonel, it's, it's a team effort between you all. I think that's something that I've wanted to highlight during our conversation. It, it is. And I think, you know, I, I owe that to the leadership that taught me how to lead when I was very young. And then, uh, you know, on the teams and special forces, our, our culture, our dynamic, our dynamic uh, was very democratic leadership style. There was very few times where 
you know, myself as a team leader, company commander, whatever position I was in, there was very, very few times where it was, no, this is the way we're going to do it because I said so, you know, the dad answer, right? No, because no, that I, those were rare, 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 rare occasions and generally involved something significant. Uh, you know, there was a, you know, that reason that the boss said it. And so what, guess what? We got to do it because the boss said it sort of thing. Uh, but it really, it boils down to refining my leadership skills, particularly, you know, as a special forces team leader and dealing with those guys, because, you know, the, the, the best of the best, the, the triple volunteers that, that, and then having to, it, we all went through the same process to get there, those long walks and those tough tests and things like that. It's quite a filtering process. So there's a lot of, a lot of similarities and a lot of the, uh, you know, you can call it the alpha male syndrome, the alpha leader uh, syndrome, but you know what, that's, that's working with the best is where you become the best. And that's, that's where I refine my leadership skills is with, you know, put, put into some pretty tough situations with those guys. Well, it, it just shows in what you're trying to do here and, you know, looking at, at the website and the, and the people you have worked with and helped, it, it's just leads to my next question, which is, you know, what's really next for Tribe and Purpose? I mean, you have what seems to be a good foundation. You have your methodology down. How are you going to approach, you know, the next couple of years? Yeah, well, I'll just share with, start off with, uh, you know, our purpose, which is, which is my purpose is just create a, a legacy of great leaders because great leaders create great organizations. And when we have great organizations in our communities, we have great communities. And if you think about great communities around the world, then we're going to have a better world. That's our purpose. That's what we're doing is working to create those great leaders, that legacy of great leaders. And what we're doing and what we're growing to in 22 and you said this will be this is January-ish time frame. Hey, what do we as Americans do every January? Oh, I'm gonna 22 is gonna be the best year ever because 21, yeah, it was okay. 2020, eh. But you know what? I'm gonna do it better in 22. Well, that's what we're here to help you do is figure out how to do it better in 22. Figure out what your purpose is, go forward with intention, have that plan build on your values, build the team, be part of an organization, be part of a group, a tribe that is bigger than yourself, that enables you to achieve what you want to achieve. And you know what's really cool when you're part of that tribe? Whatever that tribe is, whether it's part of the tribe and purpose power tribe or it's part of something, something else, when you succeed, you got people around to high five and go, hey, that's awesome. And then flip the coin, you trip and fall, they're there to, hey, dude, need some help? Let's figure yeah. this out, man. That sucked. Yeah, that did suck. Let's help you out. Because we, we've got some sources, we got some people, whatever. It's no, that. No one really fights alone, right? No one really fights yeah. alone. Yeah. You know, I did. I did a lot of stuff on my own. I had some fun doing some things on my own. I still enjoy going. You know, when I go hunting, sit out in the sit out in the woods by myself. But you know what? It's a a lot more fun when you come back to the campfire and you're hanging around the campfire having a whiskey with with everybody else right as opposed to yeah wow this is you know letting letting the beast letting the beast talk to you by yourself that can get a little scary if you think about it. so hanging out with your buddies chatting about what's going on sharing thinking uh celebrating you know 
besides you shoot that elk, it's a heck of a lot more enjoyable to have somebody else help carry you out. I was going to say, that's that all, it can be a long way to carry that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just tell you. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, speaking of whiskey and good times, I, I noticed that you seem to be a fellow cigar lover like me. I am. I am. I, I enjoy Stogie every once in a while. A good okay. friend of mine. We had our, we had our, uh, our, our Christmas gumbo open house yesterday and a good friend of mine came over with a couple of cigars and just sitting out back and, uh, enjoying those. It's, it, it's nice. You know, uh, I had a boss that I worked for, uh, he was in Iraq, uh, general Phelan and he was a cigar smoker. They smoke a cigar or not, man, if you're not taking some time off to, to think, to think on your business, to think on your life, not notice I said on, not in, you're, 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 you're going to be in reaction mode. So having that cigar, it's, it's a means to pull you outside. It's a means to kind of have you sit there, because I don't know about you, but when I'm smoking a cigar, as many times as I've tried to do something else while I'm smoking it, you know, I inhale it, it gets in my eye, and I'm all, yeah. So what do you end up doing? Smoking a cigar and thinking, enjoying, relaxing a little bit, letting the mind kind of unwind. It's a great thing to do. Yeah, because sometimes during the cigar or, you know, like a day later, it's like, hey, that's what I need to do. And, or it's just a real sense of peace. I mean, so for me, I'll, I'll get a cigar and my, my coffee and go to the archery range and I'll, I'll plink with my bow. I got a Hoyt and um, get ready for hunting season. And, and it's amazing what happens to the mind when you're doing that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you're adding in, uh, to quote Ted Nugent, uh, the mystical flight of the arrow into the, into the whole equation too. I love that. Yeah. We can go down that rabbit hole anytime, sir. Oh, anytime. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so you're doing all this stuff. You're a real story of, uh, being a veteran and doing different things while you serve transitioning out, trying new things, learning from your mistakes how can people connect with tribe and purpose to, you know, get that perspective and help that, that you're all providing? The easiest way is go to tribe-purpose.com. And in the upper right-hand corner, there's a button that says, get started. That takes you to the next page and we'll walk you through it because you get two options. And I know got to make a choice, but you don't have to make a choice there, Marine. You get to do both. So on that page, that's right. That's right. Bonus. Uh, on that page, you can sign up for our Monday Moments newsletter. That's a newsletter that we send out, guess which day? Monday. Uh, each week, and it starts off with a stoic quote, something I learned, business idea, somebody I met. And it's a great way to kick off your week. I, I love sharing what I've learned so that, you know, it's the old adage of so that you don't, if you're falling mom behind me, you don't step in that same pothole that I just fell in, right? That's right. that's why I do that. I, I want I want other people to have more success and more enjoyment in life. And the other thing on that very same page is you can sign up for a for a chat, a uh, little triage call with myself or Camden, my son, you know, and see if 
tribe and purpose or power tribe is, is a good fit for you to help you get that clarity in your purpose and build a tribe around it. Because man, if you're doing it on your own, if you're, if you're that business leader, if you get this feeling, I don't know if you've had this Travis, but you step out the doorway and you want to just yell out onto the floor. Does anybody else care if this business is here tomorrow? Does anybody else give a crap? You just want to yell that out. If you ever feel like that, like you're the only one doing anything in your business because everybody else is just there collecting the paycheck, stealing your oxygen, then give us a shout at tribe-purpose.com because I think we could help you out, help you figure out where the gaps are, help you figure out that plan so that you can have that clarity in your purpose and build a tribe around it. Well, I just think that whole last little spiel there, you just, that, that is fantastic because a lot of, a lot of my fellow veterans who are in business, that's something they can tell me a lot is it's like, I'm the only one who cares and I'm grinding, I'm sacrificing, I'm, I'm, you know, putting so much effort in and it seems like I'm the only one that cares and they can't get their business or their nonprofit or their whatever moving forward. So I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. So again, ladies and gentlemen, I am talking to uh, Army Lieutenant Colonel uh, Otis McGregor, who has Task and Purpose, Tribe and Purpose, different websites, sorry, Tribe and Purpose uh, Coaching Solutions. And go to his LinkedIn, go to the website, I'll have all the links here and, and check it out. And so I just want to say, you know, thank you for coming on and talking with me. Um, you know, you, you, I've learned a lot. But, you know, I, I, I listen to everything, but I'm like, wow. I mean, because my, my biggest thing to close this out is I, I kind of want to do stuff on my own. I, I get that real independent streak. It's hard for me to let people in. And I didn't know if that's something that's common to, you know, people in business or military guys. Uh, I think it runs across the board. Yeah. You know, because it's that it's that feeling of, well, I just got to get this done. And, and you know what? I'll just, I'll just call it like it is. That's selfish. You think wow. you're the only one you can get this done? You're being selfish. You're all up here. You think you're the smartest man in the room? Dude, you're in the wrong room. I'm not, the, I'm not the smartest guy, sir. I'm not the smartest guy, but I do like to get stuff done. And sometimes it's just easier to do it myself and try to delegate that. that I mean, if I'm being candid with you, that's, yeah. that's a problem I have. I, I, I'll freely admit it, but you're yeah. saying I'm being selfish instead of trying to empower somebody to be, be okay. Yeah. You're not developing them. You're not setting them up for success. And think about it this way. You want to keep your selfish hat on. You want to get some time back. Then you teach, you take that hour and a half, two hours to show somebody how to do it today. And then you mentor and show them how to continue to do it. Then guess where they'll be in a month? Guess where they'll be in six months? As opposed to guess where you'll be if you keep doing it. That 15 minutes, that 30 minutes, you'll still be doing it. You're not growing. They're not growing. I'm just hearing more time for hunting, sir. That's right. That's right. 100%. 100%. <laughs> that, that's some good motivation i appreciate the proverbial kick in the south end because uh, i need it i need it and i love it and uh again uh thank you for talking with me sir and uh, i was a hawker in the marine corps uh serves to air missile battery we had a saying uh missile in flight but here i say mission in flight and i hope all the success for your mission going forward thank you very much thanks for the time travis I had a lot of fun man appreciate it
Absolutely, absolutely. And as we say, we are out. Thank you again.